0: The major drivers in the meantime are not just the new Siemens setup, but also the societal and market changes, digitalization, of course, AI, and a new generation joining our workforce. That's all really changing us, the way how we work, and eventually our company culture.
1: Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI: Mind Machines in the Great Descent.
2: Thanks for tuning in; it means the world to us. We are Agnes and Uli, the moderators of this episode, and today's awesome mind is Marianne. She is the head of the Talent Programs team and is fueling the next generation leadership pipeline.
1: Bam! That should be super interesting for you folks out there, right? And let's dive right into the, our conversation with Marianne.
2: Marianne, thanks for taking some time with us. How are you and where did we catch you today? Thanks so much for
0: inviting me. And yeah, I'm doing wonderful. I hope uh, you're also doing good. And actually you catch me in my home office environment like most of the times in the past months. And I hope I found a quiet place to focus on our exchange.
2: Thank you. Let us start with a quick check-in. You can only pick one of the two. Are you into coffee or rather tea?
0: (laughs) Even though I really enjoy tea, especially rooibos and chai, I'm definitely a coffee chunky. So no doubt.
1: There you go. That's a geeky.
2: (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Are you a veggie or a meat person? Well, I have to admit I'm not a vegetarian,
0: but uh, for me, meat is rather the extra the side dish, and I'm perfectly fine to minimize my consumption.
2: Would you prefer Alexa or Siri? <laughs> I uh,
0: tried Alexa. Right now, it's more Siri, but those are not
2: my closest friends yet. <laughs> <laughs> How about some music? Do you prefer ACDC or Mozart?
0: Well, um, that's a mean one. That should not be a decision anyone has to take. Mozart is one of my favorite classic superstars, jointly with Verdi. Their music is made to erase bad emotions and take you out of reality. But AZDZ is pure energy. Their music doesn't take you out of reality, it nails you down to the moment. Even after decades, they are really delivering on their band name.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm also stuck with ACDC, to be honest, right? They sound that simple. I play a bit of the guitar, right? They sound that simple, but they're so tight. It's amazing how tight this band is, right?
0: That's probably why, right?
1: I guess so, right? Yeah. So you're on talent, you know, in the talent space. And, you know, you, you say to yourself, right, you have the opportunity to participate in, you know, in shaping the future. And obviously, right, if you work with talent and finding, obviously, brightest talents, right? That means also it gives a unique opportunity, right? But can you describe a bit in a couple of minutes, you know, what brought you actually into the space? How do you end up at Siemens, basically?
0: So what brought me to Siemens is actually a coincidence. A friend whom I met in my internship in Mexico informed me about a job opening in sales as commercial project manager in the mobile infrastructure business. That's the, one of the businesses we don't um, own a Siemens anymore. They're not active anymore. At that time, I was a production side controller of a chemical company, so it was not really an obvious match. I applied anyways and met a manager who looked behind a person's CV. He focused not so much on what I already was experienced in, but also on what I consider I'm capable of. A very interesting person and definitely one of the interviews I will never forget. So this was in 2000. Since then, I went through a broad variety of very different projects and functions throughout our three perspectives of business, country and corporate. It was an extremely exciting professional road trip with many impressive people on the way. Some of them became close friends. I don't know in how many companies I would have had again and again the opportunity to jump into completely new functions, tasks and responsibilities without the long-term track record behind. My current responsibility in HI talent acquisition for our global talent programs, SGP, FAP and CEO program is another proof point on that journey.
1: Amazing, what a journey, Marianne, actually, right? So I remember the first time we stumbled over, <laughs> let's say, right? Was actually with the Siemens, you know, Werner von Siemens Award. So it is, is the, the lab has been, you know, we, we made some application to the to the Werner von Siemens Award like a year two years ago, a year, last year, I'm not sure. And this is what then um, and the engagement with hey they exists. an engagement team, an award team, right? And and you were actually, you know, retrospective, um, you know, four years heading that thing, right? The Werner von Siemens Award. What is this award about and why are those kinds of awards important for the corporate and maybe also for the people? Can you share a bit of, you know, experience?
0: Yeah, thanks for that question. And uh, let me start with expressing you definitely would deserve one of those trophies. But coming back to your question, the Mana von Siemens Award is our global company award. And for me, it's uh, still an absolute highlight of my professional life. When back in 2014, Vision 2020 was developed, culture change towards an ownership-driven organization was one of the cornerstones. But for many people, it was hard to connect. It didn't feel real. We needed to provide authentic proof points and showcases from normal Siemens employees and operative teams. So I had the pleasure to create the new award from scratch, jointly with a wonderful team, as one of the strategic and cultural anchors for Vision 2020 and ownership culture. So we went for a bottom-up logic and asked all Siemens employees to engage to be proud on their achievements and to share their successes by applying directly in our online tool without management approval. The four categories were Siemens matters, customer first, performance and ingenuity. And in addition, we honored the best country team and business team. So even though um, being far from perfect, the new award was highly appreciated and successful from year one onwards. All managing board members and top management supported and engaged a jury. It was the hands-on confirmation that culture is nothing you can design and roll out like any other project. You need to start thinking from a purely human point of view. So it may be, sounds strange, but what I do right now kind of relates perfectly well to my experience in the von Siemens Award. Because it, it showed me again and again that the one crucial success factor across business, region, technology, it's people.
1: True. Yeah, and I guess it's similar is also to that, you know, when we do somehow competitive hacks, like hackathons or whatever, right? It's not about the money actually, you know, winning something. It's not about, you know, um having a monetary background. It's devoting and focus is is such a pleasure for most of people. And obviously somehow also management exposure, right? It seems to be, you know, because the natural reflex is if you go in a competitive mood, I, what, what can I win, right? Is this some, some gadgets or stuff like that or is it money or, you know, stock awards or whatsoever? In most of the cases, I saw, it's, it's not about, you know, the prices. It's rather about the opportunity, you know, to be focused and to, to present why something cares and what, what, what makes a difference and what could be an impact, isn't
0: it? Yeah, absolutely. It's really being seen, being visible, being recognized and being heard. And I think this is a very, very human driving force.
2: You started talking about the the change in culture. Um, Obviously, the digital transformation comes with a culture shift. Do you experience this kind of culture change at the moment? Or can you add any more examples for this?
0: Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, I think we are living in a transformational reality in many aspects. So inside and outside Siemens. But they are all influencing our company culture. So when ownership culture was initiated in 2014, it was just like a first match. The major drivers in the meantime are not just the new Siemens setup, but also the societal and market changes, digitalization, of course, AI, and a new generation joining our workforce. That's all really changing us, the way how we
2: work, and eventually our company culture. Thanks. So in our area, we use the definition of AI that is making machines capable of performing intelligent tasks like human beings. What are the changes in talent acquisition that you can observe that originate in this increasing digitalization, maybe other than uh, the culture shift that you just referenced? Even so, I think we
0: observe um, throughout the, the past 10 years already an increasing level of digitalization in all relevant areas of talent acquisition and HR. I think we are still at the very beginning of this major transformation. It's just about to take off, right? So the changes in talent acquisition are all influenced, from my point of view, by, by two trends. The one is, as I said, digitalization or related technologies, but also behavioral sciences. So the combination of both trends, I think, is key for what we observe in, in talent acquisition. The better we understand how the human brain really works, what triggers decisions and behaviors, how our biases really work, why they are unconscious when it's about ourselves. And the better and more effective we we can use all data-driven technologies, I think. And the changes we already see today are including all aspects of talent acquisition. So... Starting from talent trend studies, recruitment marketing, hiring and selection processes. In the future, we will be more and more capable to focus on the candidate journey, I think. And also take psychometric analysis as a, as a supporting science. So that all of those will improve the hiring quality in the future, I'm, I'm sure. So we will see that both are benefiting the candidate and the company by having better matches when when it comes to hiring.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you see already shifts somehow? You know, I remember the hype on AI was like a, two years, maybe two years ago, right? Everybody was like, there is a war of talent, right? We need these, you know, AI geeks and there will be a cost of fortune to get them because we don't have enough, right? And on the other side, apart from the hype on AI, then you see that, you know, this co- corporation is somehow uh, quite a long pass already in trying to make its role and find its position, I guess, in the digitalization and software business? Can you already see, you know, the requirements and the shifts and the skills and the jobs, right, that's tangible in, in the talent space? Obviously, I guess, right? Uh, would you say everybody needs to do now you know, study math or computer science, you know, is, is, is that like, you know, pure focus? Well, what was your reflection on that? So the last two years maybe? On
0: well, first of all, about hype in AI, I, it always sounds like it's almost over. I personally think we are just at the, you know, at the starting point is said, but you're absolutely right. Computer science is essential in the future. So I would say studying computer science is not a bad choice. However, it's probably not the only one. I think we have to see it or uh, bring it in a bigger context. For me, data is one of the most underestimated and uh, also underused assets in the company. So data gurus like yourself with creative ideas to leverage that potential will definitely be wanted. But it's not just about computer science. We need also people focused on user experience. We need business architects capable to turn specific customer challenges not just into solutions, but really into business. So instead of purely searching for perfection, really searching for this best fit And I think we need a sales force and leadership with the right fighting spirit. Just recently, I had an interesting exchange with a manager who called it a mindset of participate to win instead of just participate to play. I think that brings it really to the point. And let me add one more aspect. We need increasing capabilities in communications and marketing not for standard messages but to drive perception also here digitalization and analytics will play an increasingly important role fast communication channels and social media will more and more impact us but also our customers it's the perceived value driving a customer's decision And we need to understand what forms customer perception in an increasingly virtual and digital environment. So those are just a few examples, how much data mindset as key requirement in the future goes beyond what we might consider the, let's say classic IT specialist.
2: Would you recommend an 18-year-old that just finished high school to focus on? Well, I think my,
0: my first recommendation would be one, try to find your driving forces. Try to find out what topics, which questions and changes are really relevant for you. What are you intrinsically interested in, independent of getting paid? What were the activities or the hobbies you got even in trouble for because you just couldn't stop it? Having a clear passion is a gift and should definitely impact any career choice. So that's the first one. So my second recommendation for an 18-year-old probably would be to go for trial and error, especially in that phase of, of life. So Do as many different jobs as possible to get your personal look and feel of professional life. Even the tough experiences help you to figure out what you're capable of, where your strengths are, and which gaps will be a problem. So to experience that working is so much more than earning your rent is, I think, for me, of timeless importance. I know that wasn't the, the only focus of your question, but I think the future work split between humans and machines will most likely change everything and way beyond just our work environment. So looking at the bandwidth of expert predictions tells me any prediction right now for an 18 year old or younger is equally good or bad. I think we simply don't have the answers yet because it's on us as individuals, as a company, and also as society to create the answer.
1: Yeah, And now I feel like I'm 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm still in try and error. Uh, so, but I guess. It,
0: <laughs> you, you should yeah. keep that spirit. I'm, I'm also trying to go over that. <laughs>
1: yeah, thank, thank, thanks for that, Flash. And what I find interesting is so, the, the last three years, everybody was like, you know, on the job profiles, you know, you want to be a data scientist, right? You want to be a machine learning geek or stuff like that, right? Some data science, squeezing neural nets or any machine learning algorithms. But if you look then on the, on the corporate world, right? Right. You see that you know the aspects of actually number crunching and you know t- uh, kicking out over algorithms, right? Is I don't know what one percent of the actual process of building smart applications, let's say, or intuitive application, or business value-added applications, right? Because you're on the left side, you have all the business understanding aspects and the ETL, like, you know, transforming data or cleaning data. On the other side, you have this deeply, you know, need to integrate it somewhere. It needs to start actually from the deployed object somewhere, right? So it turns out that, you know, the current frameworks already, you know, trying to jeopardize the skill Based on traditional data scientists making that automatically, right? It's called Autumn L, right? So, yeah. even in the short period of time, right, the jobs and the job profiles and somehow the collaboration between technology and human, right, changed. Significantly, right in a small era of I don't know, let's say four years, right. So how do, how do you see that if you now exploreate, right, in the future of of large corporate, right? And I guess you need to go in this direction. Like you know, how do job profiles look then in five to seven years, right? Can you see you know what kind of impact that will have? What kind of are you are you really interested about? You know, future job profiles we couldn't even made of, right? Like f- five years ago, and, and somebody told me I, I, in my professional eyes, I will be a TikToker, right? <laughs> I said, What? You know, these job profiles change, right? How, how do you cope with this complexity in talent acquisition?
0: I think you, you described it per- perfectly well. And I also just know TikTok by having a daughter, uh, extensively using it. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's why for me, recommendations along. Fixed and determined job profiles is the wrong thinking. It's really this creative process we are all in where it's probably not so much to think in the fixed structures and in the boxes, but really thinking in ecosystems and thinking from the end, like from customers, and when we observe them, what the needs are, what uh, the calls in terms of convenience are and what's possible from a data point of view. And along those changes, we will derive the new job profiles if you still want to call them this way. So I think right now to predict anything according to structures, profiles for the next five, 10 years or even beyond makes not a lot of sense. If I look into um, our arena as talent programs focusing on, for instance, leadership potential of the future, we go more for what will be most likely be relevant in that future we are entering in. So what I see, for instance, is that new leadership will be driven by real empowerment I'm not just talking about allowing home office or uh, post-corona. I think in post-corona times, that's anyways given. It's more fundamental where I think skills like being opportunity-driven more than fear-driven is relevant, or impact-driven more than process-driven. Thinking and working in dynamic networks and ecosystems, even beyond our company borders, rather than acting within fixed org boxes or job descriptions. And I think instead of controlling their organizations, future leaders need to drive visions which are customer-focused, independent if they are personally in sales or not. So in able to live up to the required speed we see, leaders will not have the time to control their people, their teams. Trust will be a prerequisite, I think. They are mainly connecting the value dots from diverse contributors in the organization in the future to to really generate relevant impact. So I think that's the trends I see. And of course, we can draw fixed job profiles out of that. And we will need to really make those ideas concrete in order to be able to hire but we need to think more in potential than in already given CV facts and data in the future. That's what I see as a, as a trend.
2: Okay, but that also means that we have to invest more in continuous education. Is that correct? Which role does that play at Siemens and how do you predict this will develop?
0: I couldn't agree more, absolutely. So, and I think with Siemens, We definitely have, uh, let's say, a competitive advantage here. Siemens is extremely excellence focused. That's always been one of our strengths and an essential part of our brand recognition, if you think about it. A big portion of that excellence was homemade. So Siemens was always focused on apprentices programs, dual studies, and manifold development programs not just the ones I'm responsible for right now, uh, but throughout the company. So just take uh, the example of our SGP, the Siemens Graduate Program. It started as so-called engineers Prize almost 100 years ago, and it's still highly recognized in and outside Siemens. I'm convinced we can use that strong learning heritage we have as advantage in the future where a mindset of lifelong learning and development will definitely be crucial as you as you mentioned so therefore i don't think at Siemens we have a basic mindset problem we need to rethink the concepts of learning and redesign our offering so in a nutshell we have to develop from a strong let's say, classroom one-size-fits-all concept towards an open-source, virtual, and mobile concept. Learning has to be more and more integrated in our daily routines, individualized, and it definitely has to become fun. So I think Learning Campus did a big step forward with the Siemens Learning World, and I'm sure there is much more to come.
2: AI is a really important technology, as you mentioned. Also in the sphere of HR, there is an interesting development going on. There are many new services available that use this technology in human resource management. And examples include, for example, the linguistic analysis of candidate interviews for hiring recommendations or a video analysis for detecting suspicious behavior within video interviews. Other companies pride themselves for not using such tools, referencing the countless scandals of biased technology. What is your position on the use of AI in HR? Yeah, I know that's
0: a difficult one, especially when it comes to humans, right? But to be honest, I'm convinced that it's not a question if we will use AI in HR in the future, it's rather the question how. So, from my point of view, it's the wrong reaction to stop or forbid the usage completely. Don't get me wrong, it was the right um, decision to take this bias serious you were talking about. But we should not forget the root cause of biases is people driven. The algorithm was trained based on existing data, right? So the existing biases were strengthened. We should take those critical developments as precious learning opportunities on the way forward, not just to improve the technology, the algorithms, but mainly to reflect on our human piece in it. We have to analyze and better understand our own biases in order to sustainably improve hiring decisions.
2: That would be, for me, a major step forward. Okay, to finish off, let's play a little game. I start with the beginning of a phrase and you continue with the second part. Siemens is?
0: Wow, Siemens is for me a wonderful cocktail of business, relevant contributor to the future and for me personally a family and friends feeling. Business to
2: society is?
0: A great vehicle for demonstrating the contribution of our different global activities, an opportunity to overcome the negative perception of multinationals by demonstrating the changes we are capable to deliver. And, of course, it won the first Banner von Siemens Award in Siemens Matters, so it's close to my heart. (laughs) Purpose is... Increasingly important to attract and retain excellent talents. Um, The purpose mindset, I think, is an energy we should use to combine business with the possibility to contribute to big global challenges. My greatest talent is... Wow, (laughs) that's a tough one. I would say the combination of two extremes in my personality I'm very enthusiastic on the one side and kind of a natural-born devil's advocate, if you want to put it this way. So I don't know if that's considered a talent, but for me, it's a very strong source. And my personal moonshot is? Contributing to a purpose- and collaboration-driven leadership model in our company and uh, Siemens as part of a new global value system, I would say.
1: Whoa. Marianne, thanks so much being in first place, you and spending the time with us here in this, this great conversation and thanks for your openness. You know, sharing quite, quite some personal notes as well on, on the history. It's much appreciated and I think also the folks out there, right? Hey guys out there, stay tuned. There is so much to come. Stay bold, committed, open-minded and we hear us definitely at the next Siemens AL podcast. Cheers.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great day.